Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. And you can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. He'll be joining as well as my wife, Linda, the author of Greetings from Paradise. Excuse me, a little cough there. It is August the 3rd, and on this day in 1923, Calvin Coolidge is sworn in as the 30th President of the United States, hours after the death of President Warren G. Harding. Born on July 4th, 1872 in Plymouth, Vermont, Coolidge was the son of a village storekeeper. He graduated from Amherst College in Massachusetts and worked his way up the political ranks in the state as a Republican, from city councilman in Northampton in 1898 to governor in 1918. Coolidge made it onto the Republican ticket in 1920 as Harding's running mate, and they won a decisive victory over Democrat pairing of James Cox and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In 1923, Harding, uh, his administration was tainted by the emergence of corruption s- scandals involving Attorney General Harry M. Darty and other high government officials, a group known as the Ohio Gang. A distraught Harding sought refuge from Washington during his summer vacation, but died suddenly in San Francisco on August the 2nd after suffering a heart attack on a stroke. Uh, Coolidge got the news of Harding's death early the next morning while visiting his family in Vermont. He stood the oath of office by, by the light of a kerosene lamp. His father, a notary republic, uh, administered it during the fam- uh, use of the family's Bible. Coolidge immediately began working to rehabilitate the tarnished image of the government's executive branch projecting an image of old-fashioned New England values and purity, Puritan austerity that assured a troubling public, a troubled public. A man of few words, he was known as Silent Cal. Coolidge became an extremely popular president, more, winning more than 54% of the popular vote when he was elected in 1924. His time in the White House coincided with the emergence of unprecedented material prosperity and technological advances, with consumers snapping up widely available new products such as automobiles, radios and household appliances like vacuum cleaners and washing machines. Strongly conservative, Coolidge believed the government should do little to interfere with business and industry, whether it was to check the growing power of big corporations or to aid struggling industries such as agriculture. He supported tax cuts for businesses and high tariffs to protect U.S. goods, but vetoed aid to farmers as well as a plan to produce electric power cheaply on the Tennessee River. Taking office just five years after the First World War ended, Coolidge favored isolationism in foreign policy and opposed American membership in the League of Nations. Though most certainly would have won a re-election in 1928, Coolidge decided not to run, retiring from politics before the stock market disaster of November 1929 and the ensuing depression that crippled the country. He died of a heart attack in January 1933. Coolidge, in my opinion, great president. He had the right idea. Government should stay in its lane and stay out of private enterprise. <clears throat> well, a day after it recorded the most new daily cases, according to the Naples Daily News, since the start of the pandemic, 
Florida on Sunday broke a previous record for current hospitalizations set more than a year ago before vaccines were available. Sunshine State had 10,207 people hospitalized with confirmed COVID-19 cases, according to the data reported to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. The previous record from July 23, 2020 was more than a half year before vaccinations started becoming widespread when Florida had 10,170 hospitalizations, according to the Florida Hospital Association. Makes me wonder what that number would be if we made therapeutics available so the people didn't have to go to the hospital. We just don't promote them, and why? Just in my opinion. Well, if therapeutics were available, we wouldn't be in this emergency situation and the uh, vaccines would not be available. So they don't promote them. They're, they're out there. Uh, ivermectin, uh, ivermectin, I guess it is, uh, hydroxychloroquine, and there's others as well. Well, the United States on Monday hit President Joe Biden's goal of administering at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine to 70% of American adults, a month behind schedule, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Biden had originally aimed to reach the target by July the 4th. Anthony Fauci yesterday said President Biden's chief medical advisor said that the federal data showed that the amount of virus and Delta strain COVID-19 breakthrough cases of those who have been vaccinated is nearly identical to the level seen among unvaccinated people. Now, that's a scary statistic. So what they're promoting now, the spin on this is, well, they don't get as sick. They don't have to go to the hospital as much. They don't die as often as the people that have been vaccinated. But, you know, why? <laughs> if, if it's not effective with the new variant, uh, it's a lot of commotion for not much benefit. We've been told for well over a year that widespread forced masking should be implemented because even if only moderately to slightly uh, negligible effect at curbing the spread of COVID-19, there are zero drawbacks. What's the harm, they ask? It's only a minor inconvenience, they bleat. If it saves one life, it's worth it, they implore. Meanwhile, on a Team Reality have not only continued to point to real-world data that shows masking to be entirely ineffective, they've also maintained that the forced public masking, especially long-term, has negative societal and even health ramifications that the powers to be are all too happy to ignore in subservience to their newfound face mask god. It only lasts to re- stands to reason that one of the health ramifications would be the fact that millions of people, particularly children, have been forced to wear and carry around pieces of cloth they continually breathed through for hours on end. Of course, we're, we're eliminating waste when we breathe, but uh, that hasn't occurred apparently to the powers that be. When lurking pathogens might be found on disgusting contraptions, being incessantly handled, stuck in pockets, and mindlessly tossed on books, tables, and desks, while one group of Florida parents sent a batch of masks worn by their children to a lab to find out, and yeah, you probably need to make sure you aren't eating when you're listening to this, because here's the results. This is a press release that was sent out. Gainesville, Florida, a group of parents in Gainesville concerned about potential harm from masks submitted six face masks to a lab for analysis. The results reported that five masks were contaminated with bacteria, parasites, and fungi, including uh, three with dangerous pathogenic and uh, pneumonia-causing bacteria. No viruses were detected on the mask, though the test is capable of detecting viruses. The analysis detected the following, an alarming dangerous pathogens on the mask. Uh, (coughs) Some of these words are the Latin medical phrase, and I'm not going to 
attempt those because I, I don't, uh, don't know that I could read it, but pneumonia, tuberculosis, meningitis and sepsis, uh, keratitis and granulomatous encephalitis, um, pneumonia, bloodstream infections, uh, resistant to antibodies, food poisoning, Lyme disease, diphtheria, Legionnaire's disease, severe infections, high mortality rates, staphylococcus aureus or meningitis and sepsis. Half of the masks were contaminated with one or more strains of pneumonia-causing bacteria. One-third were contaminated with one or more strains of meningitis-causing bacteria. One-third were contaminated with dangerous antibiotic-resistant bacterial pathogens. In addition, less dangerous pathogens were identified, including pathogens that can cause fever, ulcers, acne, yeast infections, strep throat, periodontal disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and more. The masks were uh, studied with new or freshly laundered before uh, wearing and had been worn five to eight hours, most during the in-person schooling by children aged 6 through 11. One was worn by an adult, a t-shirt worn by one of the children at school, an unworn mask were tested as controls. No pathogens were found on the controls. Protein found on the t-shirt, for example, are not pathogenic to humans and are commonly found in hair, skin, and oil. A parent who participated in the study, Mrs. Amanda Donahoe, uh, commented that the small samples points to a need for much more research. We need to know what we are putting our, on our faces of our children every day. Masks prove, provide a warm, moist environment for bacteria to grow. He's certainly right about that. The local parents cont contracted with the lab because they were concerned about the potential of contaminants on the masks that their children were forced to wear all day in school, taking them on and off, setting them on various surfaces and wearing them in the bathroom, etc. This prompted them to send the mask to the University of Florida's Mass Spectrometry, uh, Spectrometry Research and Education Center for Analysis. <clears throat> Interesting story, huh? It only makes sense where when we breathe out, we're exhaling waste. And it only makes sense that uh, that's one of the ways that we get these contaminants out of our systems by breathing. And uh, the cat masks just capture it and keep it close to our face. We shouldn't have kids ever wearing masks. Well, finally, a retired Army in, in this segment, intelligence captain, uh, elections data expert, and former baseball analyst Seath Keschel released his final national fraud numbers over the weekend, and they are astounding. Won't have a, uh, be able to cover all the detail, but he confirms that President Trump won Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and Michigan. He also believes that cyber flipping may have affected the results in New Mexico. Virginia, New, New Jersey, and New Hampshire. According to Cashel's investigation, there were conservatively, conservatively, 8,144,000 excess Joe Biden votes recorded in the 2020 election. Such an interesting story. I saw this on Steve Bannon's War Room yesterday. Shocking indeed. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by... Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. That's just one of the initiatives. You can find out a lot more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So uh, it looks like we're having a little acceleration or spike in COVID. Any thoughts? Well, um, from what I understand, and I think it's pretty well documented that like 97% of uh, those contracting COVID are unvaccinated. The uh, median age has gone way down. It's in the 30s and 40s. And, in fact, the, uh, the people that are going to the hospital, some of them are in, you know, in their 20s and 30s. So it's clear that vaccinating um, uh, vaccinations are an issue. You know, those of us who are older that have been vaccinated are, are, are fine. And, in fact, uh, there are a few cases, like the 3% that um, have contracted it that were previously vaccinated have very mild cases, you know, I reported that it's generally a loss of smell or taste and maybe a, like a, a heavy head cold. Yeah. You know, I found this uh, the, this morning, Anthony Fauci. Wait, Bob, I can't hear you. You're a little too uh, faint. I'm, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Is that better? A little bit. Is that better now? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so uh, Joe Biden's uh, uh, Anthony Fauci is a medical advisor, said 
that the federal data showed that the amount of virus and Delta strain COVID-19 breakthrough cases of those who are vaccinated is nearly identical to the level seen of unvaccinated people. So what that means to me is that uh, actually the number of cases is split evenly from those between those that are vaccinated and not vaccinated. That uh, all the uh, all the reports we're getting, at least from Florida, because I don't I don't get reports from other states, uh-huh. uh, belies that, and that the the numbers uh, who are getting uh, the virus that were vaccinated are extremely low, very rare and not serious. They, they're not going to the hospital. Yeah, that's the, uh, the, what I am hearing is uh, that uh, the cases are, are milder for those that have been vaccinated. Exactly. But, yeah. So it's, but, exactly. you know, I, I guess it does point out there's a lot of confusing information out there. It's, uh, it'd be great if we could get our act together and, and uh, have clear communications about what's really going on. I agree. Well, and, and the, the, you know, you can at least know what's going on locally because the hospitals locally and throughout the state are reporting it, and what they're reporting it are younger cases, uh-huh. uh, not as many older cases. And the other thing, too, the people that are going to the hospital that, even when they're younger, always, not always, but seem to have other underlying issues, yeah, such as, you know... Um, you know, uh, lung, you know, lung issues and the like, or they're overweight and, and that kind of thing. So it's um, because younger people are generally healthier, and except for the ones that have underlying issues. That's right. So and, and so I'm really pleased that the governor has decided, I think he actually declared it yesterday, there will be no mask mandates in uh, public schools in Florida. So... Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think it, it makes sense. The... the um, the way he's looking at it is uh, let the parents decide. Mm-hmm. They want their children to wear masks, and the kids can wear masks. If they don't, they, they don't have to. Um, and, you know, frankly, uh, the, you know, the kids kids are not contracting it as, as much, and they're not getting uh, sick. So people that want the kids to wear masks are saying, yeah, but they can give it to the adults. Well, my thing is, if you're an adult and you're in a school and you get you don't get vaccinated, that's your problem. You right. should get vaccinated if you are a teacher or another adult in the schools. Hey, Why I should we make the kids suffer? You know, when I was uh, uh, my kids were young, I was sick all the time from the stuff they brought home. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but it, this this sickness is a little tougher. But if the adults would get vaccinated, then we wouldn't have this issue. You know, the, the other alternative is a lot of people were giving the governor uh, pressure to call a special session, which I, I didn't agree with. I, I, I felt comfortable with him making that executive order because he's been doing it throughout the pandemic. But calling us into special session in the middle of summer doesn't make sense when we didn't go into special session last summer mm-hmm. um, when we were in the middle of the pandemic and the unemployment uh, issues. So I think he made the right call. I do too, and I, I'm just really pleased that he's, uh, he's thinking that. Hey, Floridians, some of you probably won't make good decisions, but others of you, most of you, will. And we're just going to allow you to think about your own personal health, your own self-interest, and that of your family and your neighbors. And you're going to uh, make better decisions, right. and uh, not it's exactly. it's not one size fits all. No, you're 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 exactly right. And some districts, uh, school districts, or some areas in the state that are better vaccinated have lower incidents, whereas, you know, for example, the Panhandle had a very low incidence of vaccinations, and they have a huge spike. So 
the other thing that's happening uh, throughout the state are more and more people who neglected to get vaccinated because they just didn't get around to it, or a lot of the younger people, I don't need it, that kind of thing. They're getting vaccinated, and that'll help. In fact, uh, just uh, this week, on the thir- I think it was on the, the 30th of, uh, 31st of July, uh, Biden finally met his uh, 70% goal of getting at least one vaccination in adults. So uh, uh, right. people, you are, we are seeing an acceleration of vaccinations as a result of this spike. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, Kathleen Pasado, our state senator, I genuinely appreciate your wisdom and uh, sharing with us. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org. That's gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets and find out more about the Performing Arts Center in downtown Naples by visiting gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in the tundra up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yes, I'm up in the tundra, but I have to say, I know it's blistering heat everywhere. But up in the Northwoods, the weather is divine. 
if I had to say, God, give me a perfect day, this whole past week has been one perfect day after another. It's just wonderful. Yeah, it's so great. I, we used to vacation in Wisconsin, but near, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the Hayward, Wisconsin. And, well, it's way up north. Oh, it was so beautiful up there. Just incredible, incredibly beautiful. So I certainly yeah. understand what you're saying. So um, what's on your mind today? Well, you know, they're always talking about everybody is isolating. It's hard to get together, and, you know, it's hard to find a partner. And, and so, you know, we've all heard about, like, Match.com, and, and uh, you know, the, which is a real big dating site. Well, I had no idea there are, well, let me ask you, how many dating sites, dating apps, I guess they would be, on the Internet? How many do you think there are? I have no idea. Boo, it'd be just a, a wag, but I'll guess uh, 100? 420. Wow. That's a lot. And what they're doing is they're fulfilling certain niches. Right. So if you are committed to sobriety, there is an app for, the, for those people. If you're on the autism spectrum, there's an app. Really? Uh, fitness buffs. Dog lovers, gamers, vegetarians, uh, astrologers, uh, zombie passions, clown dating, uh, paranormal. Seniors. I saw one for seniors. Oh, yeah, there's one for seniors. I guess they figured that that's probably how now brown cow. Uh, (laughs) That's not getting anybody excited. But uh, isn't that amazing? It is amazing. It is amazing, and uh, it, it, I've met some couples that have uh, met online, and they are very happy and excited about the relationship, which is, to me, astounding, because of the, the concern I would have if, if I ever got involved in something like that, which I won't, of course, but uh, would be that, uh, is this person real? Are, are they just making it up? Or are they lying? I know. I know, misrepresenting themselves from top to bottom. Yeah. Well, you know, Lauren's niece, who just got married last year, uh, met her future husband on Match.com. Wow. It's, I mean, we know, and people you would never think would go on Match.com have done it. Yeah. So there's got to be something to it. So if you were looking for somebody, what, what niche would you look for? People that like golf. Um, that's a great question. What you answer first? What would you look for? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I'd probably be cop out and go to the senior thing, but then I think, ew, really? <laughs> Me too, probably. But uh, I, I probably wouldn't be golf. Um, Music. I would say probably conservative. Oh, politically conservative. Yes. I don't think I could live with someone who is <laughs> a liberal. Right. Yes, 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 I, I agree. That would be a good start. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I find it just fascinating that, and, they're, uh, and all of these are red hot. I mean, they are, everybody is using them, uh, tons of people, I guess, in all age groups, really, not just the young kids. It just brings to mind, did you hear the story that uh, apparently the FBI is in some trouble right now because they're using uh, female employees at the FBI as bait for things like uh, uh, sex traffic and so forth. And pictures, they're not uh, 
putting them in harm's way, but they're using pictures and uh, having them expose themselves in some ways with, uh, I don't know the extent of this, but apparently it's it's raising some eyebrows and, in fact, getting some attention. Did you hear about that? Yes, I did. I read about it. And I guess that they feel the guy that loaded them onto these different sites trying to capture uh, sexual predators. Yeah, that's it. Uh, didn't mark down, or didn't write down, or forgot what sites he put them on. <laughs> and you know how things that go on the internet—I mean, they live forever. Yeah. So I think that the identities of these women were were protect. You know, their faces were were blurred and that sort of thing. But you know, wouldn't you think they could figure out a better option than that? You would, uh, which reminds me, are you on Facebook? No. Okay, so I am. I don't do social media. So I get these, uh, I, I do, I do uh, uh, Getter and uh, uh, Parlor, and I just, I do a lot of them because I post my show on most of them. So uh, this is the reason, and I'm not really, I'm not a very good friend. I don't, <laughs> I don't communicate with anybody, I just post my show. But the point is that I get all these friend requests from people that I don't know and I've never heard of, and uh I just I think there's I think there's something nefarious going on. I think people are I think it might be law enforcement is somehow trying to capture people. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know what I don't know why somebody from uh, Hong Kong would uh, want uh, a 19 year old girl from Hong Kong would want to friend me. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. So there's a lot of yeah, that but stuff. You don't going. know that she's a 19 year old girl from Hong Kong. I mean, that's what you're saying, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm presuming she didn't the, the think, I'm just making that up, but uh, it's it's some really weird stuff, and how the heck would she know about me, and why is she asking me to be her friend, you know, that kind of thing. Well, there's definitely a dark side to it. There's a real dark side to, uh, I think, the internet, and I, I think particularly Facebook and some of these social media, Twitter, you know, I don't know, That's I just have stayed away from it. Yeah. I You know, I'm probably in the minority, but... This makes me feel uncomfortable. I just don't like that exposure. Well, you're right. There are risks involved, and uh, I've heard of people who've uh, fallen for scams and so forth because of it. But uh, it's a good outlet to uh, to get the word out on what I'm doing, and it doesn't cost anything, which is nice. Yeah, it is. See, on a different note, uh, Sarah Palin is coming back into the media, and uh, she's talking about running again for the Senate. Do you give her a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I give Sarah Palin a thumbs up. If she wants to run for the Senate, I think she was a great governor in, in Alaska. She did a lot of great things, things that uh, people didn't think she could pull off. And uh, she's charismatic, she's a little nuts. I mean, she's got a lot of, she, she's now divorced. I met her and her husband at the Ritz uh, one time. They were in town. And it was fun. It was nice to say hello to her and uh, to talk to her. But they're now divorced. They're, uh, she, uh, her daughter had a baby. You remember all that. So she's, she's got a real life. <laughs> In other words, if this is not a plastic human being. She's done some really interesting things. Wow. What? Um, well, I, I think it's interesting that she, <clears throat> I thought she had totally left politics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, apparently maybe she hasn't. But I... <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. She's outspoken. Um, she may be a breath of fresh air. I think so. Uh, there is another candidate that's running, uh, and uh, I've forgotten her name, 
but she is uh, new in the political scene in Alaska. She has had a position in Alaska. I forgot what it was, but uh, she certainly has an interesting resume. She's, uh, I think, very energetic. She's well-spoken, so uh, there's some competition for, for her as well. Oh, my. Well, let me ask you. I'm leaving Wisconsin and heading to Florida this Sunday, and it seems like Florida is now the hot spot for additional COVID outbreaks. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, that, Fact or fiction? Well, that's, that's a great question. It is exactly how I'm thinking about it. I just don't know what to believe. You know, uh, Naples Daily News, uh, number of cases, hospitalizations, now quadruple what they were just uh, uh, a month ago, at, you know, COVID cases. Well, you know, th- that's one claim, but were there four people in the hospital last, last time? I don't know that yeah. the hospitals are being overrun. So, in other words, what you see is a lot of uh, fanning uh, the flames of fear for the public, and the you know using statistics in a way that are only amplifying the fear uh, factor. So, I, I I particularly I just think if there's a in question, is there a test for this Delta variant? I don't think so. Yeah. So how do they know? I think it's just the standard COVID. Yeah. So how do they know it's the the Delta variant number one? And number two, you may have heard that the PCR test that has been used as a gold standard for testing uh, for COVID now for the entire last uh, 16 months or 15 months, it's uh, been, they, they found it's useless. It, it doesn't work. It's too many false positives. The test? Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> yes. That's a, so, but here's the other puzzling fact. They said, the CDC says, so we're not going to use it starting January the 1st. If it doesn't work, why are we using it now? Why don't we just stop using it? Uh, they probably feel they have to have some sort of a testing apparatus. I guess. Well, and a broken one is better than none. <laughs> yeah. Or we've got a, a year's supply on hand. We've got to use them up. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But you know what? The, the, I don't think the government's that practical. <laughs> that's good point. Staggering. It is. It is so interesting. So there's a lot of confusing information out there, and it's it's a shame it's coming from the CDC and places that you'd like to be able to trust. But it unfortunately, uh, most of my trust has evaporated for these public health officials. Yeah, you know, and I, I, uh, you know, and talk about this fear thing with the Delta virus. Um, it's and now they're talking about getting a booster shot. Why don't they just stick with people trying to get people just vaccinated? Yeah, you know, focus on one thing rather than uh, diverting it. And you know, most Americans, when they were polled in June, felt that this whole COVID thing, or at least being inconvenienced from COVID, um, was, would end in a few weeks. Yeah. Now in August, a couple months later. Uh, most Americans think that this is going to last through the end of the year. Yeah. Well, I think it's, well, I, I, I'm just not sure what to think. Boo, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Listen to the Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app from the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with my wife, Linda. She writes greetings from paradise. Right now, we have with us Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seaton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. How are you? Good, thank you. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we just reduced the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and a vanishing number of Republicans want that. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So uh, your latest column was really informative, interesting. Republicans continue their rush to return to America last trade ideas. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, I first wrote about this in October of last year, before Trump had even quote-unquote lost the election. And I was invited to join a monthly, or I think it's a monthly, meeting where it was it was called the global trade meeting and it was obviously not put together by democrats it was put together by republicans conservatives allegedly and i attended the first one and it was all about basically going back to the 50 years of failed trade policies we had before donald trump hmm. and they were get, they were hitting the ground running before trump even left office not even knowing if trump would leave office well of course, what is Trump trade? It is the acknowledgement that we've been cutting one-sided deals where we allow unlimited access to our number one in the world market. We don't tariff. We don't limit the uh, number of exports or number of items coming in. Um, and we don't subsidize hardly anything in any real way, certainly not in direct cash payments, any of the products we're exporting. Meanwhile, we don't do anything about foreign countries limiting our access to their much smaller markets, 
they're tariffing the crap out of our stuff coming in and their giant subsidies of their exports coming into here. Yeah. All of which contributes mightily to what we saw over the last 50 years, which is millions of manufacturing jobs and, and uh, of all sorts leaving the country and going over there. Right. Because, you know, if you look at it from a business perspective, if you're making something, manufacturing something, okay, I can stay in America, I can get taxed, regulated, I, I get no help on my product, or and I, I have to deal with limits on what I can export to much smaller markets than the American market, or I can move to that country, I get subsidized, I get other crony benefits, I get unlimited access to the number one world's largest market. What, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? See that, and this So, <laughs> it, you know, millions of business owners over the last half century have done that, you know, elementary school math and moved out of the country. And so Trump's been railing against that. I, I repeatedly have linked to a 1987 or 1988 Oprah Winfrey show appearance and Trump's talking about trade, and it sounds like he was a 2020 campaign speech. I mean, it was the exact same uh, messaging. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I was listening. I, was, I would say that, uh, you know, his, he's just turned out to be the smartest guy in the room. You look back on what he said, and his people are scratching their heads saying, no, lie, 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 can't be. But he was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, again... The one, uh, if I'd succeeded in, in selling 15 million records, the name of the album I was going to release was going to be Style versus Substance. Yeah. And it was going to be, you know, I had long hair and, and I was, you know, I'm 6'5 and blonde and, you know, I had all this, the MTV Ready stuff. Oh, but by the way, the music's good. <laughs> well, for the second time in Trump's career, first of them, you know, he's from Queens and the Manhattan real estate snobs, didn't want anything to do with him because he was from Queens, and then again when he arrives in D.C., none of the career swamp bureaucrats want anything to do with him, Most, almost exclusively based on stylistic problems. Yeah. Uh, the, the, but the, on, on substantive matters, he was right, right, as you said. So, not only were they doing this, starting this trade meeting, and this is a pretty... The, the, the host of this meeting is a pretty significant hitter. I'm not going to say who, because it's off the record. But uh, just this last week, a, bio, a bill was refiled, and it's been filed before. They've been trying to do this for a while. There's a little sugar uh, backstop program that exists in the United States. It literally costs the federal government no money. But what it, what it is, it's a little tiny bit of protectionism. And it's been around a while. This, is, this predates Trump. Uh -huh. uh, but for four years, you didn't hear anything about getting rid of it. And it's a little backstop. It doesn't cost the government any money, but it ensures that our food manufacturers don't get overrun and driven out of existence by subsidized and, and, and propped up foreign imports. Um, we talk about this, you know, we talk about this on tariffs, where you've got, you know, you're, you're trying to protect your manufacturing base, what we have left of one. And I always say that food growers, ranchers, uh, farmers are, are manufacturers, they're food manufacturers. And as I said in the piece, 
before you can take your Chinese-made prescriptions or watch your Chinese-made television, you got to eat. That's right. And I would argue, and I think you and I have agreed on this, that the 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 maintenance of a domestic food source or or, or, or system of apparatus. To make, to make your food domestically is a national security imperative, let alone a trade issue. Absolutely. I mean, if things go sideways internationally and all of a sudden imports are disrupted and we're importing our food, we got a problem. So, and, and if you, you know, if you, next time you hear sugar and you think what you put on cereal, go down a food aisle, pick any three in the grocery store, pick any five items at random, three of them or more will have sugar in them. Absolutely. It's a food staple well beyond where most people realize it is. So this little tiny program exists against, five, you know, anywhere between two and a half and four billion dollars worth of sugar subsidies in Brazil, 1.7 billion dollars per year sugar subsidies Thailand, 1.3 billion sugar subsidies in India, and we had this little program that literally cost us nothing. And Pat Toomey, a Republican senator from uh, Pennsylvania, has been on the war path against this program forever. He's now leaving the Senate, and he's taking one last swipe at it. Uh, he just filed a bill with some Democrats. Gene Shaheen is his Senate co-sponsor. That's a Democrat from New Hampshire. Uh, Virginia Fox is a Republican from uh, North Carolina in the House, and uh, Dale Davis, something Davis, um, David Davis, a Democrat from um, Illinois. Uh, and they, the, the four of them have put forward another attempt to, you know, and, and they make all the free market arguments, which is fine in a vacuum. You know, I'm, as a conservative, I would like to see this program go away, but... I'd like to do it how Trump was trying to do it and yes. succeeded in many instances, which is we'll get rid of our government impediments to trade when you get rid of your yeah. governments to trade, or impediments to trade. And, you know, $4 billion a year in subsidies from Brazil is a huge anti-free, anti-fair trade market warper that needs to go away before we start thinking about, you know, the one little tiny cost-free backstop we have for sugar farmers. That's right. Um, See, you know, you, you, you're talking more than ten billion dollars a year in international subsidies against which our farmers have to compete. That's right. See, that, See, that's not fair trade. I can't believe the good old days are only about a year away, a year uh, back. So uh, I know, I know. It's it's, it, doesn't I, it seem like it was? Uh, Forty years ago, it yeah. does. Seat Miley again, the founder and president of Less Government. You can visit lessgovernment.org. You'll find the column uh, right there on the website. Seat, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Appreciate it, sir. Thank you. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. That's right. She's my wife. She's also the author of Greetings from Paradise. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840. Or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife, my lovely wife. She's also the author of Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thanks so much for coming on the show. You know, I am the author of Greetings from Paradise, but that company that I hired to put it out is making it even more difficult to me to put it out. So I may not be doing that much much longer. Well, it, it's it's all this all this censorship and all this crap. It's just I really- must say though, however, your audience loves Greetings from Paradise, so I hope you'll give it an, an extra thought and sleep on it and uh, perhaps con- uh, continue. Technology is always I hate when people have an update on their technology because it usually means it's going to take hours to figure out how to use it afterwards. So. No, you know what they said though. You know what they an email I got said, "Well, because we have to do this that and the other thing, um, your um, the people you send your information out to may not be, may not be able to get it. Huh. That's so, so why am I paying them? I that's, mean, seriously. That's a good question. So um, this uh, January sixth con- uh, commission that uh, uh, Nancy, Nancy Pelosi's, Pelosi's farce. Yeah, kind of cobbled this thing together. It looks like it's losing steam. But sadly, uh, uh, tragically, a, yeah, tragically, a couple of, of uh, police officers from the uh, Capitol Police have committed suicide. In the last two days, that makes a total of four. How suspicious is that? I mean, this is just, this is, this is the news. We don't have enough time to cover all that I've learned this morning. Not only that, um, Mitch McConnell's not going to um, agree to lift the debt ceiling. Um, the election audits are coming in full circle. The, um, there is so much news out there. It's just it's just hard to talk about it. You all. know, the, uh, Mitch McConnell's playing chicken now with the Democrat Party. We've got all these things coming to uh, a head. For example, this three point five trillion dollar 
human infrastructure program, the uh, bipartisan infrastructure program, I think Mitch McConnell's making a wise move by holding off on that until they get through these votes, which hopefully both of those things will, will uh, not pass. You know what? I, there is so much going on right now. This, this Wuhan virus thing is blowing up. Um, quote, unquote, people are being hospitalized like crazy. Um, because apparently the vaccine's not working, and, and they're trying to cover that up. Um, the news networks are not covering the audits, which are a big deal. Um, there's, it, it's just amazing to me. And oh, by the way, speaking of Mitch McConnell, hate to jump around, but one minute I think he's a bad guy, and the other minute I think he's a good guy, and I'm not sure who the white hats and who the black hats are anymore. Yeah, you know, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. He's... Uh, <laughs> Turtle. Mitch, cocaine Mitch. <laughs> cocaine Mitch. But seriously, I mean, you, you think about the people on, that are in, in quote-unquote power in Washington, D.C., and who, who are the bad guys and who are the good guys on both parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them are being revealed, like um, uh, Lynn Cheney, this Adam Kissinger, whose who's, who's pals become pals with uh, Nancy Pelosi on this January 6th incident. And I just... You know, the way Trump has been bad-mouthing um, Mitch McConnell about, you know, calling him names and whatever, it makes me think it's, par- it's all part of a huge plan. Yeah. It's, it's- and, and, oh, by the way, here's, here's the most here's interesting thing. Um, uh, everybody's going to be locked down, but who's going to be throwing a party for 500 on Martha's Vineyard? Barack Obama. Joe Biden's not going. Kamala Harris, it's been noted, is the least popular vice president since the 70s, and they were touting her to be quote-unquote president after they played the 25th Amendment on Joe Biden. It's just, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. No, you you're can't. right. You're right. And uh, President Biden has, is losing popularity by the second. Uh, He's in free fall. You know, he goes, into te- he goes to, a, to a meeting in Pennsylvania People are lining the streets with uh, Trump one signs. <laughs> well, and 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 not too complimentary Biden signs. That's too. exactly right. And which, uh, which makes me laugh about that one woman. I think it's in in New Jersey who had really bad signs for Joe Biden all over her fence, and and she was sued. And the judge says, "Oh, she can do that. It's the First Amendment." I thought it was great. I do too. Well, and and, and so Biden does this uh, town hall. I forgot where that was. I think it was in Pennsylvania. And the room is like a third full. He can't even get people to come to hear it. Uh, the President of the United States can't even fill the room. For worse, a worse than that is that CNN piped in applause when he was introduced. That's how bad it's gotten. Yeah. So uh, these now this kind of comes down to the, the audits. Right now, the last thing you're going to find anywhere on mainstream media is what's, what is the progress on the audits. There's lots of progress. There's a lot of good things going on. And uh, nobody's talking about him in the mainstream media. No, but you know, One American News is, Steve Bannon's War Room is, um, Greg Kelly on Newsmax is, they, they have a fine line because they settled a lawsuit with Dominion. But now, now this late breaking news that I was telling you about last night and this, this morning about this whistleblower that's come through about how all these voting machines were rigged and they've been do, be able, able to do it. You know how we talk about the cloud, how information is, has is put through the cloud. Yeah. They were able to do it through the cloud. And this this um, whistleblower has presented the most fascinating evidence. I'm here 
talking to you while this um, chat is going on on Telegram with this guy to, to disseminate exactly how it happened. And if this may just blow everything up. Well, and of course, coming up in August the 10th, is it? The, uh, 10th, 11th, 12th. That is the... Uh, uh, Mike My, Lindell. Mike Lindell is putting on his uh, thing in North South Dakota. I guess his cyber is. symposium. And here's the interesting thing. I don't know if you've mentioned this at all, but um, Mike Lindell went to all the major networks with this ad saying, please watch this cyber symposium on August 10th, 11th, and 12th on frankspeech.com. For your listeners, frankspeech.com. It's all one word. Check it out. Um, and, and guess who's broad- broadcasting his ad? CNN, MSNBC, guess who won't do it? Fox. That's so interesting. And so then Mike Lindell pulls all of his advertising from Fox, and they are just turning their back on it. They won't talk about it at all, which tells me they're afraid of something. Yeah, so pay attention to this, because uh, he has the goods. He has the receipts, as they say, for uh, the election. And uh, he's going to put this symposium on. He's offering a $5 million uh, reward or award for anybody who can disprove the information that he has about uh, the elections. And his, he says his contention is that the Chinese stole the election. Which, by the way, guess what? Is an act of war. Yeah. It is. So, uh, and, and, and any company, and, and oh, by the way, the, the Arizona audits too, those people, uh, Wendy Rogers, who's a state representative for Arizona, is looking into an investigation how Mark Zuckerberg from, from uh, Facebook fame, uh, how much money he put into t- the Arizona election um, uh, fraud or, or yeah. manhandling of, of the election. Well, he's already put in 300 to $400 million in Wisconsin. So if, if, if a company combined with another country uh, fiddled with our election, he's in deep, deep trouble. Uh, there's no question about that. And uh, uh, right now in Arizona, they're not releasing. They they had a uh, uh, subpoena a subpoena for all the, uh, the the for all the routers routers and, and the technology stuff. They didn't come up with it. it was due on Monday. So uh, now I I would imagine they're going to have some visit by the police, uh, by the uh, law enforcement, and people are going to go to jail. Well, Wendy Rogers says, I wonder how many how many prison cells we have in solitary confinement for these folks who are not complying with the subpoena. Which she's a tough talking lady, and she's uh, she's she's on top of all this stuff. It's very interesting to watch. Pay attention to the audits. Go to realamericasvoice.com, Watch Bannon. Um, watch One American News. They are all over this. Absolutely, Linda. Always appreciate your commentary. We we danced around a little bit about all the information, but, but uh, we couldn't. We I could sit here for the entire hour, and we wouldn't have enough time. There's so much going on. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. Andrew Jopp, our professor and author of Josephus of Oz, will be joining us, as well as Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Big guy in terms of the space program back in the day. He's also the author of several books. His latest is What Makes Humans Truly... I've forgotten the last word. Amazing. Anyhow... I uh, hope you'll join us. I always appreciate emails from you. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>